Independent retail business can mean so many things these days. A brick and mortar store, an e-commerce business, a maker's online shop, a booth at an antique mall, and more. No matter which category you're in, Kathy Cruz, a fellow retail business owner and retail educator, will teach you how to market and manage your business efficiently so you can spend time doing other things you love. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Podcast. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast, episode number four. I just want to start this episode by saying, wow, I am shocked and thrilled at the response after I launched the podcast on October 7th, 2019 which coincidentally was also International Podcast Day, and I didn't know it. I was so pleasantly surprised at the number of people who reached out to me after listening. And you didn't just listen to the first episode. Most of you binged and listened to all three episodes, and I can't begin to tell you how grateful I am for that. Some of the best comments and messages I received, and I received them from all over, DMs, Facebook messages, emails, text messages. I was blown away. But most of the messages I received were about how good the content is and that there's value in this podcast. And this is so important to me because the mission of Savvy Shopkeeper as a whole is to help you with time management and profit so you can pay yourself. And if you appreciate the content, then this mission must be right up your alley. Not to mention the number of ratings and reviews I received. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We generated enough buzz in iTunes that at one point we ranked number 38 in the entrepreneur category in the United States. And this is amazing. To put it into perspective, Rachel Hollis's Rise podcast is number one in that category. And if you don't know who she is, I'll link it in the show notes, but she's extremely popular. She's very inspiring, very motivating. So I am honored and just feel extremely lucky that you all supported it enough to put me up into number 38. So I joked the other day that I'm on a mission to get in the top 20. (laughs) Maybe you guys can help help us get there. I also said in, in the Savvy Shopkeepers Facebook group that really Savvy Shopkeepers on a mission to make women retail business owners a force to be reckoned with in the entrepreneur world. And I mean it. So again, thank you. Okay, let's get started on episode number four, because you're going to get sick of me saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, So first, I want to say, if you think this episode is only for brick and mortar store owners based on the title, you're mistaken. And although there may be occasions where these podcast episodes are dedicated to either brick and mortar or e-commerce retailers... One of the criteria for this podcast, and I set this myself, is that at least 80% of the episodes apply to all types of retail businesses. And one of the reasons for, for this is that there's way more crossover in terms of content and helpful information than people realize. So you may be wondering, what do I mean by that? An example is, Many of the makers with online shops who listen to this podcast or are part of the Savvy Shopkeeper community, they do sell at markets, pop-up shops, and other in-person type events. And now many of the brick-and-mortar business owners are actually starting to launch online shops. So no matter what kind of retailer you are, you might sell in person, you might also sell online, but most likely many of us are doing both. Um, I know we did at our store, the store I own with my sister, we added an online shop element to our business this past year. So we're doing both. We're selling in person and we're selling online. So moving forward, if you're familiar with me, you know I stress the importance of tracking metrics or what some people know as KPIs, key performance indicators. 
And I don't care what you call it, but if you aren't tracking anything in your business, you should start. Um, This can lead me to a black hole talking about numbers and, and tracking metrics, so I won't go into that. But I just want to tell you to start tracking numbers in your business. Let's first talk about what does average sale mean? This is also known as average transaction value, and I'm sure other people refer it to other things. But really, it's a simple formula, I promise. You'll take your total gross sales in one year and divide it by the number of transactions in the same time period. It's the average dollar price of one of your store transactions. So many of you have told me you like examples, and I do too. It helps put me things in a perspective or helps me understand things. And I also like to use round numbers because then the math is easy in my brain and it's clear to you. So I have, a, I have an example here. If your shop generated $100,000 in sales in 2018 and you had 2,000 transactions that year, your average sale was $50. Now, if your shop generated $50,000 in sales, but you also had 2,000 transactions, your average sale was $25. And I don't want you to use these numbers as any type of guide because the average sale for all retailers will vary. And here's another example. A gift shop's average sale might be lower than a home decor or furniture store. And part of the reason for this is because furniture stores sell bigger ticket items than gift shops. Of course, that makes sense. You know, if you're selling 10, 20, 30, $40 items versus a furniture store that's selling $500, $1,000 items, their average sale is going to be more. Other factors could be median income in the area that your store is in, on the volume of foot traffic, website traffic, so many other things. But I don't want to get caught up in that. I just thought that the examples would help. It's more about knowing how to calculate your average sale. So you just want to go back and do that using your data. Either way, in retail, I recommend tracking this number. Some retailers will track daily, weekly, monthly, or quarterly. Just do what works best for you. If you use a point-of-sale system like Square or Shopify, Shopkeep, Lightspeed, I could probably name dozens, most likely your daily report will calculate your average sale for you. And then other reports, yearly reports, will do the same thing. But let's say you're just starting out or you don't have a point of sale system yet. You're tracking everything in a spreadsheet. You can easily calculate your average sale if you at least know the number of transactions you've had. So just remember that it's total sales divided by total number of transactions for a time period. Nice and simple. So why is it important to know this figure? There are probably many reasons, but a couple of things that I want to talk about today is Let's say, for instance, you track your average sale and you know what it is. In 2018, it was $60. And now you look in 2019 and it's dropped to $50. Well, now is the time to figure out why. Why did it drop? And it could be, you know, many factors, but it's something to consider in your business. It's a metric to look at. It could also be an indication of your sales team. You know, maybe they're just not selling as well as they did before, whatever it may be. But once you know your average sale, you normally want to know how to improve it. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let's talk about a few ways you can do this. And there are many ways, but in order to keep this episode at 20-ish minutes, I'm going to cover a few. 
Um, and in order to confirm that this metric is important and can be improved in all retail business types, I'm going to give an example or two for each of the retail business types. And you'll see what I mean when I say that lots of concepts I teach crossover. Okay, so the first one, if you have a retail business with a sales staff, what can you do to improve your average sale? You can give them a sales challenge. This happens a lot during holidays. Or better yet, you can provide them with sales training. And it probably sounds obvious, or maybe you um, opened your store and you provided training to your team or your new hires at the initial hiring stage. But it also makes sense to continuously give them sales training because a staff who is trained well will sell well and your average sale will increase. For over 65 years, Doris has been a premier distributor of arts and crafts. Since its beginning, Doris has prided itself on being focused on the independent retailer. Let them be both your DIY source and your resource. Their website features trend reports, small business tools, in-store project ideas, and so much more. To best serve small businesses, Doris offers a low minimum order of just $75, and all orders ship at no additional cost. This is why I'm proud to partner with them and I buy from them. I'm excited to tell you Doris has an exclusive offer just for Savvy Shopkeeper listeners. Use promo code SAVVY25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Offer valid through 1231.19. So visit Doris.com today. That's D-A-R-I-C-E.com to see their amazing product assortment at pricing you won't believe. Okay, the next example is if you have a brick and mortar store. One recommendation I can make is that you add impulse buys near the cash register. Merchandising can be your best friend, especially at the checkout counter. So this is a good example. At the store that I own with my sister, we have a pretty small cash wrap area. We're usually like envious of all the people with like the really big cash counters. We don't we don't have that. But we recently added a unique display of upcycled, um, their small upcycled license plate keychains. And they're eight, they're only eight dollars. And they weren't big sellers when we had them out in the store. But now that we have them next to the cash register, they're selling well. And it just sometimes makes sense to put those smaller impulse items by the cash register so a customer will notice it or take a look at it while they're waiting. And those small, even though $8 doesn't seem like a big impact, over a year, those small purchases can make a big difference in your in your numbers. So I just want you to keep that in mind if you have a brick and mortar store, or even if you have some type of cash wrap or setup like that at a market event, you could even do that there. Next example is if you're a retailer who sells at markets and in-person events. I recommend bundling your offerings. So I have examples for this too. If you're a maker who sells stickers, for example, of course you can sell one sticker at a time, but why not bundle a set of stickers for a lower price? This will increase the number of items you're selling and increase your average sale. The same applies to a maker selling etched glassware. So you can offer individual glassware, but what if especially around either the holidays or any market event, actually, if somebody's looking for a housewarming gift, you know, they might be interested in buying a set of four glasses for a gift. So just keep that in mind when you are selling your wares. You could also do that in a brick and mortar store, bundle items together. 
We sell a paint line in our store and we could bundle a wax brush with wax, a paintbrush with paint or the whole entire kit, bundle it at a slightly lower price so that when somebody comes in, they buy the whole package rather than just one pint of paint. Okay, moving on. If you're an e-commerce business and you'll find I really like technology, I have an appreciation for technology and One of the things that I really appreciate, especially in like a a system like Shopify or all the plugins and apps, we actually use WooCommerce, but I like, I'm pretty sure in Shopify, there's an app that you can offer add-ons during the checkout process. So what do I mean by that? I have an example. Let's say you're a skincare products company and you sell a clay mask product. But you also sell a cute little wooden bowl and spoon to mix the mask. And you might even sell an application brush. But what this plugin or app does is once the person adds the clay mask to their cart, then a couple of other options come up. And it indicates to the customer, you might also be interested in this. I'm sure if you shop online, you've seen this before. Um, Amazon does it. A lot of the big box places probably do it, but it is an option for you as a smaller retailer. And it's a really great idea and it's a really good way to increase your average sale. So a lot of times, you know, I might think, yeah, I want the mask, but I don't think about the other things that I need to buy with it. So this app or plugin is doing the work for you. It's essentially being your salesperson. So that's a great way to increase your average sale if you have an e-commerce business. And then one suggestion for all retail types is to raise your prices. Remember, especially after episode number two, if you aren't profitable, then you can't pay yourself and you certainly can't stay in business. And I'm not saying to increase your prices all the way across the board, but sometimes you just have to sit back and figure out what's going on and see if maybe there are categories of your products that it might make sense to increase. Product pricing will also be the topic of another episode in the future. Since this seems to come up often, even some of the most experienced retailers who I've talked to aren't quite sure what the best practices are for pricing. And a blanket pricing approach is not my recommendation, but we'll save that conversation for another day. To wrap up this episode, you should be doing a few things. So the first one is to calculate your average sale. If you didn't know this already, make sure you calculate it. If you haven't looked at it in your point of sale system, go in there and take a look. The second step is you should start tracking this. Track the number. Whether you choose to do it monthly, quarterly, daily is really up to you. I know some retailers who track stats and information about their business every single day that they're open. Number three is maybe even compare it to past years. I actually shouldn't even say maybe. You should be comparing it to past years. So once you start tracking it, Again, you can track it more often, but at least track it yearly. Is it going up? Is it going down? And evaluate from there. And then number four is determine where and how you can improve this number. So the one thing that I want to mention is that if you subscribe to the learning library in the Shopkeepers Academy, and I will tag this in the show notes too, But this is a yearly paid membership. It's a subscription where you get access to an entire library of online classes, lessons, and downloads. So if you are a subscriber there, you actually have access to the shopkeepers planning worksheets. And several of these are for tracking metrics. 
So whether you do this on your own or you grab them from the learning library, it's really up to you. But my sister and I have a binder at the store and I print out whatever worksheets apply to our business and I punch holes in it and I put it in the binder. And then every month I track certain metrics. I track social media metrics. I track sales information. Um, I track some profit first information. Again, I don't want to get into all of these, but it'll just kind of give you an idea of what we track. And we track it every month or a couple of things we might track quarterly. So I just want you to set up a system for yourself, whether it's a binder or whether it's a spreadsheet in your laptop. Again, it's really up to you. Just start tracking. If you have questions or feedback about this episode, DM me on Instagram. And now that I think about it, I actually, I think I'm going to say DM me on Instagram and tell me what your average sale is. That way I know you calculated it. I'm going to challenge you to make sure that you come up with this figure and send it to me in a DM. And I won't be judging you based on the value. Every single store, every single retailer is going to be different. It's just that I want to hold you accountable to come up with that number, to just to make sure that you do the calculation. But you can find me, my username on Instagram is at Savvy Shopkeeper. If you really want to be bold and add it to your stories and tag me, great, but I'm guessing most people won't. So go ahead and DM me. I'd also love to know your ideas for future episodes or if you have a specific question to ask. Again, you can DM me. You can even send me an email, whatever you prefer. You can uh, contact me on the website too. So if you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, I mentioned a few other places. I mentioned a few other links. Um, go ahead and visit SavvyShopkeeper.com slash episode four. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode four. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Leave me a rating or leave me a review. Of course, I want it to be honest. And if you think this podcast will help a fellow shopkeeper, please share it. Thank you again for everything. Thank you for all the support and encouragement over the past week. I really appreciate it. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.